This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Why is it called a moon boot and who is wearing them this week? The answers to life's biggest questions and more. Andrew Bryan, Adrian Murray and Chris Kennedy in the studio to get you through all the latest news. Adrian, you join us on the special finals edition of the Fantasy Podcast despite missing the finals in our league. It's been a few uh, tough weeks, uh, some dark times, but you know I'm going to take out the bottom half of the competition, <laughs> return bigger and better next season. Tough couple of weeks for myself as well of picking up more and more long-term injuries. I sort of budgeted trades for this, and it's I think even with trades budgeted, the um, the injuries are going to outweigh what I had left over at this point. And how many trades do we have left, boys? Obviously, the final start for most fantasy leagues this week, and trades are at a premium. How many have you got left? I think I've got three and currently zero dollares in the salary cap, so it's a bit light on. I had uh, a five this week, of which I'll be using at least one on Bodine Thompson. Uh, pretty healthy bank, which was budgeted to get Cam Smith back, but that's getting pushed back one week at a time with all the injuries that I'm copying. I've also lost Cam Munster for one week with Sam Burgess also in doubt, so tough times at the Merchants. All right, you can catch us on Twitter at andrewbryan321, at ckennedy80, and at Adrian McMurray. We'll have all the team news, and there's plenty to get through. Let's get into the show. The latest in league. All right, the Bulldogs take on the Eels on Thursday night. Parramatta are pushing for a top four spot now, and Canterbury fans are just pushing Des. They really want him out of the club. But uh, on a team news front, Brett Morris replaces Karen Holland for the Bulldogs. Not a lot to report for the, for the Dogs. Very little, yeah. Brett Morris out ill last week. Uh, he's obviously a, a certain starter whenever he's available. Comes back for Kerrod Holland. Um, James Graham, I guess a notable returnee last week with 48. Uh, Aidan Tolman continuing to push out pretty solid scores despite James Graham coming back. Not really much else of interest, I don't think, at the Dogs. No, not really. I wish James Graham had been doing this before. Obviously that injury was hampering him, mm. but uh, good to see him back on the field and, and doing well. And no changes for the Eels. Nathan Brown continues to rack up massive scores. I know a lot of people were trying to trade him out a few weeks ago when they were getting in this race to the finals, but he just keeps pumping up big scores. I think it was another 60-odd. Hasn't scored less than 50 since round 13. Nathan Brown just gets through a truckload of work. Yeah, 68 last week, 220-odd metres, 43 tackles, and absolutely relentless. I'd say 80-minute effort, but it was more like 75, 76 before he copped a stray knee to the face uh, from Brad Takarangi, but from all reports in no doubt this weekend, got through training okay. Fair bit of friendly fire in that game, obviously, (laughs) unfortunately. A little bit worse at the Broncos. (laughs) Uh, Yes, but uh, I think I traded at Brown, actually, I think when when his sort of usefulness, I suppose, over the the buy rounds was up, but uh, he's obviously kicked on and, and doing really well. Uh, that's probably it for, for that game. But uh, next game, Dragon, Dragons feed the Rabbitohs at the SCG. Brings back memories of Greg Inglis and that field goal attempt when the mm. team was down by two points. I think that was last year when that happened. Uh, Dragons unchanged. Jack DeBellin with scores of 66, 60 and 73 in his last three starts. And Paul Vaughan hit another 70 plus. Those two just continue. Continue to deliver for the Dragons. Yeah, Jack Tabellon on his way into the Merchants this week for Bodine Thompson. Um, Dragons, a few notable fantasy scorers. You mentioned, obviously, Paul Vaughan's been doing great things all year. Um, the Bunnies, Sam Burgess, it sounds like he could play. Um, he was on his way to a pretty good score last week before going off just after halftime with that ribs injury. Um, like McGuire said after the game, he probably shouldn't have played. Um, seems like a bit of that going on at South this year, although Crichton, uh, from all reports, getting through that stress fracture in his foot, uh, taking the moon boot off, the uh, the above-mentioned moon boot off at, at training this week, which is a good sign for those of us who are relying quite heavily on him for the run home. It's funny with Burgess, you probably 
from a fantasy perspective, it's frustrating the fact that he's named every week, plays, and then sort of gets you know struck down, or you know that injury sort of causes a few headaches. Um, you know, you probably either want him in or out of the team from a, a fantasy mm. point of view, but certainly you can't uh, fault his courage and, and effort in, in getting up every week. Yeah, a lot of coaches losing patience and wanting to sell him, which I think is probably more of a luxury trade for those of us who don't have more pressing issues, which is not a category I find <laughs> myself in, but I know a lot of people looking to upgrade him at the moment. I mean, the only change for the Rabbitohs is Musgrove replaces Dave Tyrrell and Crichton. I captained him, and of course, as soon as I captained him, he got sent to the sin bin, so he lost points and lost 10 minutes and still pumped out 60-plus. The man is a freak playing on, what, a fractured foot? What, what is his actual...? Yeah, it's a stress fracture in the foot, which apparently, uh, like I said, it's, it's healed to the point now he doesn't need the moon bit of training anymore. Um, the point where he got sin bin, I was actually cheering that I captained uh, Taumalolo instead of Crichton, and Crichton obviously finished up with a good score post-upgrades and Taumalolo an inferior score, and you would have been better off just captaining Crichton. It was an interesting week for captains because of Smith's, um, you know, the, the injury cloud around him. Obviously, we'll, we'll get to, to him in a bit. But, um, yeah, I went Crichton as well. And um, despite that sin binning, the man just keeps pumping out those scores. It's great to see. Talking about Cam Smith, we go straight into that game. The Cowboys take on the Storm. Uh, Fenson back on the bench, but probably, you mentioned Tal Malolo, uh, averaging 61 still, so probably for the Cowboys, I know they had some decent scores around there, but he's probably the only one at this stage of the season that you'd really be looking to bring in if you don't already have him. Yeah, I brought him a few weeks ago, and he hasn't really put in a big score in that time, and certainly not in the weeks that I've decided to captain him. So I'm not. So it's your fault. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> doing very well with my captaincy choices of late. Um, but he is, yeah, clo- probably not a must-have, but yeah, certainly one of the absolute primo back rowers for the run home. Yeah, it could be those you know lower scores could see his price drop a little bit as well, uh, appealing pickup for the run home. And you're talking about Melbourne. Obviously, the big news for Melbourne, Cameron Munster out with an ankle injury. Could be a bit precautionary, I guess. So Slater is back at fullback after missing last week. Uh, Jerome Hughes out of the side despite starring last week. And Riley Jacks goes into the halves. This could prove a bit of a dilemma for coaches. Obviously, Munster was pretty favoured with the bye period and then played Origin 3. But Munster being out for one week could hurt a lot of fantasy teams. Yeah, it's a, it's a little frustrating. So... I, you remember I traded in Johnson a few weeks ago, the week he got injured. Yep. So I got around eventually to trading him in. It was either going to be Pierce or Munster. Can you guess which way I went? I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> so bought in Munster, great score, reasonable score. Goes down injured again. Uh, I can't take a trick in the halves at the moment. But it is, it is a bit uh, bit of an issue. Um, but with, you know, seeing as there's going to be other pressing issues elsewhere, the one week isn't too bad, uh, given the, the mm. circumstances. It does sound like a very mild case of syndesmosis. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> um, yeah, but uh, the high ankle sprain, hopefully just the, the one week rather than something more structural. And uh, you mentioned Cam Smith. Shout out to the man who played his 350th NRL game, scored 91, his highest score of the season, despite a pictorial mm. injury that was meant to rule him out for a week or two. He is simply not human. Four triasis, tore manly to shreds. Looks set for 400 games, but as people have written, maybe he's not setting the bar high enough because he could play 450. It's remarkable that he's. You, you see players get to 300 and they sort of start to slow down a bit or just struggle over the line and injuries catch up with them. He's playing as well or better than he's ever played. Four try assists in his 350th game, absolutely just pulled the strings all afternoon. Even when Melbourne were up by an absolutely unwinnable margin, he doesn't come off the field. Unlosable margin? 
what did I say? Unwinnable. <laughs> yeah, unwinnable for their opponents <laughs> is what I meant to say. Um, anyway, the contest was over and he doesn't even go off the field. Don't look at me like that. And uh, yeah, Cameron Smith, he's not human. Like I've said it before, he's an indestructible rugby league playing robot from the future who just churns out <laughs> monstrous performances week after week. The only player I can really... And it's not a comparison, but Steve Menzies played 349 games, retired obviously in that game that Smith was missing in the grand final, scored that try, went to England, played another 140-odd games and racked up another 50 or 60 tries in Super League to retire at about 53. Cliff Lyons, another one who played on. But Smith, at that level, obviously going to play the World Cup for Australia and beyond, played 50 games for Australia, played 1,000 games for Queensland. It's just ridiculous when you add that to his NRL career. Well, I was going to say, you add on 40 origins and 50-something tests, it's basically 450 that is sitting on that are either NRL level or better. It's an absolutely stunning achievement. Yeah, and I, I can't believe as well the fact he's only missed, I think, 11 or something around there games through injury. Mm. Um, you know, playing in the middle, obviously, making a heap of tackles every week. Uh, just... It beggars belief how he, he does it, but uh, big ups to Cam. What a man. <laughs> From one high to the next, we go to the Knights taking on the Warriors. Uh, no changes for Newcastle after their third win of the season, and that win was a long time coming for Newcastle. Fantasy-wise, probably not a lot of relevant players, but it was good to see Newcastle finally get on the win sheet after leading so many times at halftime and throwing away leads and finding ways to lose. Mm. Uh, for the Warriors, Bodine Thompson is out. Uh, our man in New Zealand, Corey Rosso, is reporting a torn pectoral, so I don't know if he's not as tough as Cam Smith or he's just human. Uh, <laughs> but Thompson is out, so Isaiah Papali starts in the pack and Madalino swaps with Lasoni. Well, Adrian can put his Bodine Thompson voodoo doll away now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. I got a few. I got a few uh, tweets on the weekend saying, "Hey, that trade worked out pretty well in the end, didn't it?" Um, now I was I was pretty uh, gutted for Bodine. Obviously, you know, personal fantasy things aside, um, you know, been re in really great form, even with Johnson out still scoring tries. Um, so it's a big blow for him, um, and certainly I know CK, you've still got him and look to offload mm. him this week, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but uh, Isaiah Papali comes in for just his second game. He made his NRL debut in round one against the Knights. He faces them again this week, so we'll see what he can do. I imagine there's a lot of fantasy coaches who've been sitting on the Isaiah Papali red dot from round two <laughs> until now, just rubbing their hands together going, finally the patience has paid off. And yep. uh, I guess the other, the other one for the Warriors, Mannering finally had a bad game for the Warriors. He scored just 48 have a look at yourself, Simon Mannering. What are you doing? Yeah, he's been in ridiculous form. I don't know how much... There's been times in the past where they've lost Bodine Thompson and Mannering's actually shifted out to an edge and they've brought a, a lock in. Um, so it remains to be seen exactly how they structure that, but Mannering definitely doesn't get the same sort of scores when he shifts wider that he does in the middle. So fingers crossed for those who do own him that he, uh, he stays in the middle and your bunch of foes and Isaiah Papali's shore up that edge roll. All right, we go to the... Uh Queensland Derby and the Titans take on the Broncos. Uh, the Titans very disappointing last week in the game that they, they had to win. Uh, Kevin Proctor and John Olive come in. Carl Lawton is out for the season with a shoulder injury. Tyrone Roberts and Morgan Boyle drop, drop back to the bench. And there was a lot of talk about the reshuffle that Neil Henry came up with last week with Jared Hay moving into the centres and LG coming into the halves trying to get all their best players in. But it just didn't work for the Titans. They were nowhere and they swapped it back at halftime. No, so they were doing really well with um, Roberts and Ash Taylor in the halves in that, that purple patch that they had. 
Um, obviously, they want LG playing. Um, now they've moved Roberts back to the bench. Um, obviously, losing their utility in Carl Lawton, you know, that's made it a, a bit easier. Um, obviously, Haynes, from a, a fantasy point of view and probably a, a football perspective as well, much more effective at fullback. Um, so, for you know, plenty of people still have him. Um, maybe as a, a fourth, third or fourth uh, centre or wing fullback, um, his scores should uh, go up, even though they are playing a. a a tough uh, Broncos opponent this week. Yeah, you wonder for the Titans if it might... Obviously, Kane LG and Ash Taylor are future stars, but for now it might just be worth... Yeah, they seem to have played their best footy with uh, Roberts and Taylor together, maybe just biding their time with LG and leaving him on the bench um, for now to tr- just to try and get a few wins in the bank over the back end of the season. Um, Ree Hayne, I'm one of the guys I'm sitting on him as basically my first choice backup centre or, or fullback um, wherever I need a, a gap plugged or, or 18th man otherwise. So glad to see him back at fullback where he tends to score a little bit better. He seems a little distracted, Hayne. He seems to be trying to come up with that freakish play, the no-look passes. There was about two or three massive cutout passes and no-look passes that either ended on the sideline or on the floor. He just seems to be... I don't know if he's trying too hard on those plays rather than I think Haynes at his best when he just tucks the ball under his arm and uses that fend and his footwork and then he's got that late ball work as well. But when he's trying to be the superstar ball player, it seems to go a bit awry and that's hurting his fantasy scores as well. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously got a, a stunning cutout pass in his arsenal, but I think he needs to think run first and, and pass second rather than try and get a bit too creative with it because, as we know, he's such a destructive ball carrier when he winds up and gets going. It might be born out of frustration as well that they're you know struggling to, to win and he just wants to you know pull off something miraculous more often than not to get them across the line, but it's just not happening at the moment. Um, hopefully it, it, yeah, those passes stick and come off in the, in the coming weeks. All right, the Broncos, obviously the big news of the week. McCulloch out for the season. Uh, despite reports that Sam Thide will fill in at number nine, I can't see that happening. I think Sammy was just having a bit of fun, as he does. Uh, obviously, Nick Arima, Ben Hunt could both fill in, and we probably expect them to sort of interchange that a little bit with Benji. What, what do we see happening here? And from a fantasy perspective, it's probably not great news. Obviously, you've got to get rid of McCulloch now if you've got him. Yeah, so we've all season we've been saying, <laughs> oh, we wonder when McCulloch's minutes are going to drop. Well, this is, this is it, unfortunately. Mm, they've, from 80 to zero. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, bad news for the Broncos and obviously unfortunate news for McCulloch himself. So Hunt's starting at hooker. Um, I, w- I had, did have concerns whether he would get through the 80. I don't imagine he will straight away at least. Um, so when Benji comes on, I imagine they'll move Nick Arima to hooker, Benji in the halves, just to give Hunt a bit of a spell. Um, it's, you know, again, it's, it's funny how these things work, work themselves out. You know, they've, mm. they've got all these playmakers, hookers, how they fit them in, and, and now this is what they're going to roll with for the rest of the season. Yeah, unfortunately for the, the Broncos, pretty much all of their those players are predominantly halves and none of them are mm. an 80-minute hooker like McCulloch is. It's just so important to them, especially in the defensive side of it. And anyone, especially coaches who've owned Ben Hunt, will see his eight or so missed tackles a week and wonder how he's going to go defending in the middle for Brisbane. Um, they probably ideally want him to be able to play 80, even if they don't need him to, just in case there's injuries elsewhere. Um, Benji Marshall on the bench, potentially he comes into the halves, Nick Arima goes to hook, he gives Hunt a spell. I'm not sure how it's going to affect his scores for the coaches that own him. Um, probably won't help his uh, his kick metres or his run metres. 
potentially defending in the middle. If you're a, a half defending on the edge and having those big back rowers trying to isolate you, that's where the missed tackles come from. If you're defending in the middle with props next to you and you're sort of the, the third man in the tackle a lot of the time just doing the, the wrestle and, and that sort of thing, you might actually make a lot more tackles with uh, less missed tackles, which would be good for him. It's, it's a big blow for Brisbane though. Obviously, McCulloch is one of the most, I don't know if he's underrated, but the amount of work defensively, as you say, probably uh, more important to the Broncos in that middle third of the field than his attack. Uh, Mead replaces Pearson. Corey Oates named in the reserve, so there's a chance that, that he could come in late. They've got a lot of depth there. Obviously, having Nick Rima and Marshall and these guys, it's a good luxury to have, but defensively, as you say, that's probably, and the direction that McCulloch gives and his combinations, that's probably where the Broncos are going to struggle, but they're still one of the better teams in the comp, even with McCulloch missing. Yeah, and I mean, you've got Milford still carrying a shoulder injury. He needs surgery on that at the end of the season. Um, Benji, in the later years of his career, it's not really ideal losing, you know, some, uh, having to compromise your, your halves and utility rotation to plug up an 80-minute hooker spot. Um, sounds like Corey Oates will come in. Um, he's trained strongly this week. There are plenty of depth in the backs anyway with sort of upper check in the reserves and that sort of thing, but I think Oates is due to come back this week. And the only other thing I'd add is Jimmy the Jet, if you've got the luxury trades or if you've got trades, uh, his last three games, 64, 59, 53, just ominous form heading into the finals and they keep finding ways to get him involved. I don't know if McCulloch's injury will affect how he gets involved and if they can find... Uh, you know, we ran a story on NRL.com either this week or last week talking about the Broncos have finally figured out Jimmy and the Jet and how and when, not just giving the ball willy-nilly, but how to actually use that weapon that they've got. And his scores are reflected in that in the last few weeks. Yeah, we saw, obviously, re-signed as well for four years, so mm. that'll boost his confidence uh, somewhat, I would imagine. We saw at the Titans, they sort of um, did everything they could at the time to get him involved and really structured their attack around him. Now, the Broncos, they've obviously... Uh, got a lot more, you know, attacking weapons across the park. They don't really need to do that, but they are certainly going to him a lot more now. He seems to be breaking the line a bit more. Um, you know, really, those long-range efforts as well, helping them out. So, luxury trade, yes, but could be a real point of difference, I think, on the run home. Especially in a tough position where so few players have really stamped their authority in, in terms of stats and, and fantasy scores this year. I guess Tommy Turbo's probably been the best of them, but everyone else who's been good has still had a lot of poor games, whereas uh, Roberts has been quite consistent of late, although that 50-odd he scored against the Eels got pretty much all of it in the first 10 minutes and was pretty well contained from thereafter. So I'm not sure if the Eels sort of showed a bit of a, a blueprint once they you know, caught up to the, the speed of the game of how to contain him. All right, the Sharks take on the Raiders. Jack Bird returns. Capel goes to the bench. I guess, notably, Fafita and Gallon, both quiet, but we expect those guys to bounce back. They're sort of the guns and have been, well, especially Gallon's been hitting pretty decent scores all year. Fafita's a bit up and down as he can be, but we sort of expect them to bounce back, especially for coaches who are looking for those big scores. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. Um, traded Fafita back in, I think it was last week. Um, been a little disappointing of late. Mm. Now dipped down to about four seven, in the 470s, certainly sub 500. Uh, so an ap appealing pickup for the run home. Um, yeah, Gallon, as you said, been spectacular, rock solid. Um, no qualms with him for mm. the run home. Yeah, I think both of those guys are a buy. If you can afford it or if you need a, a good forward, and like you mentioned, for feeder an appealing price at the moment, I think his scores will probably pick up. He had a little bit of a rough trot coming out of the Origin series, but uh, no reason he can't light up in the last few weeks. And for the Raiders, a couple of big returns for them. John Rappiner and Josh Papali return from suspension. Joseph Tapani goes back to the bench. Michael Oldfield back to the reserves. Uh, obviously, if you've got Rappiner, 
or Rapana, depending on which pronunciation you want to go with. Uh, he's been one of the, the form sort of wingers uh, pumping out the big scores. Yeah, it's clearly Rapana, but you just sort of get accustomed to one, <laughs> one pronunciation over a time and it, it sort of sounds a bit weird when you work out how it's actually supposed to be said. Anyway, nevertheless, he comes in after a one-week suspension. I've uh, been doing great things this year, although a few quiet scores leading up to his suspension. Um, not someone I'd be rushing in given his price tag and he plays on the wing, but if you've got him, hopefully uh, getting back to those dozen or so tackle breaks again that he's capable of. Yeah, Papali was looking like a real point of difference on the run home as well. Um, his scores dropped off a little bit before his suspension too, so maybe keep an eye on him for the, for the coming weeks. All right, the Seagulls take on the Roosters at Lotterland. It's make or break for Manly after conceding 1,000 points in the last two weeks. They were looking at a top fourth spot, and now they are really struggling to hang on to the top eight. It's a must, almost must-win scenario for Manly after getting thumped by Melbourne and the Dragons in the two weeks. It's uh, What's gone wrong with Manly? It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, really tough road trips to, to Wollongong, and especially um, going down to Amy Park for Cam Smith's 350. I think we all said last week, expect Manly to be smothered a little bit and don't mm. expect massive scores out of Tapao and Turbo and so on, which is basically what happened. So back at Land this week, hopefully um, for their fans and also the, the guys who, or all the coaches who own, you know, your, your Turbos and, and Jakes and Tapows and everything else, they can get themselves into the, um, the stats categories. And, and Cherry Evans, who missed, was at eight tackles um, last week in a, a tough game. He'd been really good leading into that. Um, like you said, a chance of slipping out of the eight. They'll, um, after the season they've had, that would be a, a huge disappointment from where they are at the moment. Roosters are a very, very tough ask, but I, um, I'm expecting, at the, at the very least, an improved showing for Manly, whether or not they can win is another question. If we look back at the last two weeks, so the, the game against the Dragons, they were missing Coruscant, Green, a host of other guys. It was a new look side, yeah. and that game was just crazy with the, the sin. No excuse to concede 30 points in a, in a half and 50 points for a match, but... You know, there were, there were circumstances There were some extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Uh, the, the Melbourne game, they were like reasonably good for large portions of that, but obviously the storm, just too good, came mm. over the top of them. Um, obviously a big occasion. So, yeah, I, I would expect them to, to come good this week. Um, Jobo, as you call him, Andy, was disappointing, I think, with a, a score in the 40s. Um, but, you know, he's been averaging in the 50s this year, so he should be, should be fine. Um, and to power, hopefully, his lean trot comes to an end this week. No Fanua Blake, so hopefully mm. that means uh, an increased workload for Big Marty. And uh, for the Roosters, Jake Friend could come in to the side, been named in the reserves. Uh, Boyd Corden are still missing. So they're not at full strength, the Roosters, but still one of the tougher teams and probably looking at that's going to be a tough ask for Manly, even with those guys. I, I think Friend might come in this week, but what, what do you hear? Well, they, they need Friend back. I think they obviously um, played well without him last week, but a bit like McCulloch, he's just so important to the team with the, um, the defence that he gets through and the direction, his combination with Mitchell Pearce. Um, Pearce himself, a very uh, mediocre score by his standards uh, last week against the Cowboys. Just He didn't get any of the, the try assists, the linebreak assists, anything like that. Um, still got reasonable kick metres and, and standard sort of defensive workload, but nothing on top of that. So uh, potentially a sunny Sunday afternoon at, at Lotto Land. Hopefully he gets a few more attacking stats. I wouldn't be too alarmed by that. I think it's more no. just a one-off and we'll see him bounce back this week. Um, interesting to note, Victor Radley, he's been cleared of any major hand injury, mm. uh, but he, he would obviously either drop back to the bench or out of the squad completely if Friend did come back in, ironically, from a broken hand as well. Mm. And the only other one to mention, Takiyaha, a massive 74 last week. He was everywhere last week. 
Yeah, I was. I covered the game before that, the the South Raiders game, and I was driving home listening to the call on the radio, and it just felt like every single play they were saying Takiaho's name, whether it was attack or defence, he was either taking the hit up or making an offload or making a tackle. He just was absolutely relentless. And you look at his stats, and it bears that out. He was just uh, obviously got a try as well, but um, really, really serious impact in his time on the field. All right, the final game of the week, the Panthers take on the West Tigers. Matt Moylan named in the reserves. Are we expecting him to, to come back into the side or is it a week early with his hamstring? I think it's too early. Um, they're obviously going to monitor him through the week. If he gets through captain's run, no dramas, then he's going to he's going to come back in. But I, um, you know, hamstrings are a bit tricky. It looks like he came back a little bit too early last time and it would be silly to, to rush him. Especially when Tyron May has been doing you know reasonably well. The combination mm. there seems to be going okay. Um, so I wouldn't, yes, yeah, especially with that hamstring, you know, you can't needle that up. I uh, wouldn't rush him back. They've won the two games without him, haven't they? The Warriors and then the Bulldogs. So yeah. it's, not, it's not absolute panic stations to rush him back in. Um, Moses Liotta starts at lock, and of course Nathan Cleary takes on his dad. They're living in the same house, so that would be an interesting week. He reckons that he's grounded or might be grounded and that his dad can get his own way to the ground. That's just <laughs> such a weird scenario. I know it's happened before, dad coaches against son, but to be living in the mm. same house at an NRL level, at an elite sporting level, it's it's so weird that they're coming up against each other. From a from a media point of view, can I start out by giving credit to both the Tigers and the Panthers because uh, Ivan Cleary was asked about it post game uh, last week, still a full week out, and he addressed it then. And then uh, Panthers did their full squad media at the start of the week, and Nathan Cleary was up and he spoke about it. So they're not. Um, it's a little bit rugby league to to hide players or, or coaches away when something like this is coming up and just pretend it's not happening. So um, props to both teams for at least getting on the front foot and being prepared to have a laugh about it. And there was a, the great quote from Ivan saying, you know, he's, he might be grounded this week, his room's a disgrace, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it will certainly be weird. It's an unusual situation in NRL terms to have a, a coach coaching against his son at NRL level. Must be a weird week for Mrs. Cleary as well. <laughs> Where do her allegiances lie? I guess whoever she just wins. stays out of it and doesn't say much and just <laughs> lets them be, but who knows. <laughs> yeah, or well, Nathan's sister, I think he's got a younger sister who obviously uh, cheers for, for Nathan at the, the Panthers, so she's got a, a dad against a brother as well, so it'll be interesting one for the whole family, I think, this week. <laughs> Alright, for the Tigers, no changes. Tedesco's hit 63 times in the last five weeks, so he's having a big finish to the year. Uh, not good news for Tigers fans, I guess, seeing what um, could have been now that he's signed elsewhere. Uh, and Aaron Woods also pumping out 50s since State of Origin. He's really lifted his game since that Origin period and, uh, you know, has really um, put his best foot forward for a rugby league cliche in the fantasy podcast uh, coming out <laughs> of Origin, showing that he's still committed to the club at least till the end of the year. Yeah, I think Teddy's a must-have at the back. Um, you know, a few lower scores earlier in the year, but he's really hit form post-Origin. Um, Woods, not so much, but good to see him pumping out those scores. As a, uh, as a Tedesco owner, I sort of have been feeling for a while like he's just lost an absolute mountain of points through almost tries, tries that have been taken away when on video review, try assists that have been lost by you know teammates fluffing it up. And I was interested to see the, the Telegraph story this week about how he's you know he's zero from nine or whatever it is at the, at the bottom. I'm not saying any of them were incorrect decisions, but he's just he's gone so close to getting so many more tries. A lot of those 60s could have been 80s. He's um, you know, if he does finally start catching some breaks with those sorts of things. He, he could be due a few massive scores as well. And you've probably done the maths on that to realise how many points your, your fantasy team's been robbed as well. I'd, uh, I don't want to even start thinking about that. Really. <laughs> All right, let's go straight into the fantasy questions. Fan, Fan questions, questions from the hashtag, hashtag yeah. 
All right, Brett Clark wants to know how long is Bodine Thompson out for? He's got two trades left, 500,000, which is a great position to be in financially. You can pretty much just pick whoever you want. Uh, was thinking uh, Gerbo or Gillett, thoughts on this one? Yeah, so uh, Bodine looks like he's out for the rest of the season. Could be up to four months out with that pec injury, uh, which is a big blow for him, obviously out of the World Cup, uh, if he was in in reckoning for the Kiwis. Um, so Gerbo, that 40 last week, but he's averaging 55, so a rock-solid option. Gillett is a bit more of a POD, sort of in the same vein as Bodine. Um, so he sort of has a, a base in the 40s, and then if he scores a try, those attacking stats really get him up to the 70s or 80s, as we've seen the past few weeks. Uh, so it really depends whether you want the the solid, assured 50 tackles every week from uh, Jake, then go that way. But if you want to roll the dice a bit more, Gillett could be a man. Yeah, he's in a tricky spot. He, like you say, he's got half a million to spend, which is basically would suggest he's got about 30k bank on top of his 470 from Bodine, which then rules out all your, you know, Gallons, Crichtons, DeBellins, Mannerings, Tamalolos, all the absolute top tier guys, which just leaves um, guys who are a tiny bit of a rung below. But if those are the two options, then definitely uh, Jake over Gillett, although I don't know if he's got Nathan Brown, who's just under 500 as well, but he'd be my first pick if not. What does McCulloch's injury mean for Gillett? We talked about his defence, and Gillett obviously defends a lot, makes a lot of tackles, but also attacking-wise, Gillett's good for a couple of tackle breaks, and if he has an attacking game, that's when his score can really rock it. Do we think that McCulloch's injury is going to affect Gillett's scores? I don't... Like ben Hunt really should be just as good at distributing the ball from dummy half as, uh, as McCulloch. It's probably the defence that'll be the question mark. Hunt played the first few years, for, I think four or so years of his NRL career as a bench hooker, and um, you'd think most halfbacks would be pretty proficient at passing the ball from dummy half anyway. So uh, I, I imagine the service that Chillett gets won't uh, diminish too badly, and he defends on an edge um, rather than in the middle, so I don't know if that'll affect him too much either. All right, at JRAF Loading, he wants to know, would you recommend upgrading Cody Walker to Mitchell Pearce or Jared Hayne to James Tedesco? Obviously, trades at a premium, so he's got one or the other. Which way would we look on this one? Oh, well, both well, good upgrades, but, yeah, probably in a similar... They're, yeah, they're both upgrades. They're both taking a fringe 17 guy to an absolute keeper. It probably just depends on your, you know, cash, trades, team balance, etc. I think on current form, Tedesco's probably been the better... Pick up, mm. so I think a little a little less expensive too. Um, Walker could go big. He was disappointing. He scored that try and only got in the twenties, I think, last yeah, week. Yeah, true. Um, Hayne might be hit or miss. We don't know. Moving back to fullback, um, I'd, I'd go Tedesco. Lock me in for Tedesco as well, but it is a bit of a fifty-fifty. Uh, the Doctor Co. Two trades left. Uh, Eighty thousand. Must replace McCulloch. Do I buy McInnes and keep one trade or trade McCulloch and Sam Burgess for Cam Smith and Wade Graham? I'd be, oh, I'd be leaning towards the second one. The, really? <laughs> just <laughs> but, getting, but, getting Cam Smith, yeah. I think, is a must-have. Wade Graham's a little bit of a weird, yeah. weird one. Um, You've only got two trades left and bringing in Wade Graham, who's not quite a keeper. It's a risk. Yeah. You're rolling the dice at this stage. Yeah, obviously, if you've got a finals this week, there's no tomorrow if you lose. So do you just make the trade, get the Cam Smith in, and hope that your team holds up for the rest of the year? Obviously, with two trades left, you sort of, if you get an injury, you're pretty much in trouble anyway, uh, the PG virgin. But <laughs> um, so uh, I guess it depends if that. you've got yeah. a week. If you're finishing the high on your ladder, I guess you've got an extra week so you can cop a loss. But 
it's a pretty risky sort of trade, that one. If you're an underdog in a sudden death head-to-head, then maybe go all or nothing. Otherwise, I'd be tempted to save the trade for the inevitable injuries in the next week or two. Just get Smith. Just get Smith. All right. Divided. <laughs> Liam Medley. I'm thinking Surges to Vaughan and Hayne to Croker. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, if you've got more trades you don't know what to do with. Otherwise, I don't know if I'd really worry about it. Surges is a wait and see, probably, and Hayne to Croker is a, probably a slight upgrade, but it's a luxury. Wait, you're the president of the Paul Vaughan fan club, and you're recommending not trading Vaughan in. Well, Vaughan is obviously, <laughs> you want to have him. As, but yeah, it depends on trades, right? But if you've got two trades left, then that would be a ridiculous move to make. If you've got 10 trades left, then absolutely go for it. Yeah. All right, NRL made in China. I lost Maka and Bodine on Friday, so that was a tough Friday night. <laughs> Who would you replace them with? Uh, tough comp and ideally after PODs at this point of the year. Um, he's looking to try to trade someone in that obviously he's not coming against, but I guess that depends on... He'd have to look at his opponent, which you can look at their teams and try to guess uh, someone different that might outscore them. But it's a pretty interesting situation. I don't know if it's the time of year or the position on the field to be looking for PODs. Hooker, Mm. it's either Smith if you can afford him or McInnes if you can't, and then just don't look at anyone else. Back row, it's, I mean, the guys who are not PODs are, you know, the popular guys because they're scoring way more than the other guys. It's pretty obvious at this time of year to see who the best back rowers are just get the best one you can afford whether it's Crichton or Lolo or DeBellin or... No totally if, um, if money is an issue and, and things are a bit tight um, especially if you are getting in Smith um, the back row Papali, Gillett those sorts of guys could be worth a, a gamble but as you said CK you, you don't want to be probably gambling too much at this time of the year Alright Cashcroft 98 similar cash out McCulloch to King then upgrade a gun somewhere else or upgrade him to Smith uh, he's down to two trades as well but Obviously, you need to get Smith in. Probably would be the ideal trade there. Yeah, it's probably getting a little bit late for King. He's already made a chunk of whatever money he's going to make. and he's, I mean, he, he has just gone to 80-minute games. Um, they've made a switch. Brad Arthur's left, been leaving Will Smith out of the 17 the last week or two and playing Cam King for 80, which is a welcome development for those who have him. But it's yeah, in terms of buying him, I think it's, I'd just be getting Cam Smith if I could. Yeah, I'll copy and paste my last answer from that question earlier and get Cam it's Smith. It's a podcast. We can't copy and paste audio. It's a podcast. We can't copy and paste audio. It's a podcast. We can't copy and paste audio. Uh, Just rewind it and listen to that answer again. Yeah. All right, two questions left. Penguin Stefani, great Twitter handle. Surges to Jack DeBellin. What are we thinking? Obviously, um, Jack DeBellin's been hitting massive scores the last three weeks, and we talked about Burgess with that rib, I guess, at this time of the year. Uh, DeBellin's probably a more sure thing. Yeah, if it was a fully fit 80 minutes, Sam Burgess, I'd say it's a completely sideways trade, but um, realistically, it's probably an upgrade. It's still a bit of a luxury upgrade, but if you've got the trades, then yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, could do far worse there. So I think you're buying DeBellin as well this week. So certainly a yep. ringing endorsement for the Dragon's Lock. And oh. that is one of the great Twitter handles. Penguin Stefani, <laughs> what a legend. And the final question this week, Kiri Tenation, who tweets in every week and only just got in before deadline. Uh, Keep Munster, who's injured obviously this week, means I have to play LG or trade to Cleary or Pierce. He's only got two trades left. So that's... Depending on if he can survive this week, he's obviously playing overall as well and doing quite well. But for head-to-head, uh, what are we thinking? Yeah, well, if you're playing for overall with, what is it, five rounds left um, and it's a one-week injury, there's no way I'd be doing that. If A bit like the, the previous question, if you're a, an underdog in a sudden death head-to-head and really need to pull all stops out, do it. Otherwise, don't do it. 
right. sit tight. All right, boys, anything that we that we'll miss, want to cover uh, leading into this week's games? I just really want to get through a weekend with no long-term <laughs> injuries to anyone in my 17. It'd be nice. All right, everyone, just get out on the field, play some good footy, don't get injured, and mm-hmm. we'll all be happy. All right, that's full time on the episode of the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Sounds like someone's mum. <laughs> wow. On that note, you can follow Adrian McMurray on Twitter at Adrian McMurray, uh, at CKennedy80 and at AndrewBrown321. Make sure you look out for all the latest news on NRL.com and enjoy the footy. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast.